Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. United Auto Workers continue their strike, and on Friday, more people will go on strike. I thought it would be today. I got hosed. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. There's no anything, no indication anywhere that this strike ends soon. Stellantis, Ford, GM have all made offers, and all those offers have been rejected. Those offers would be about a 20-21% pay increase. The United Auto Workers started with 40%, then went down to 36%. I'm assuming they're looking for 30%. When you know where someone's going to go, why not just get there? Is it really worth being out of business? That's the that's the question before us. But there's a there's a Another part to this story, which is, of course, they want better retiree benefits. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for having a much better uh, medical care uh, and, and, and retiree benefits. And that's a hard one to provide. That's a hard one to offer. Then there's a a story out of the the Wall Street Journal, one of their opinion pieces. It's from the editorial board. Non-union Tesla has a huge cost advantage over Detroit's big three owing to the United Auto Workers. Now, I don't think that Ford and GM and, and, and Stellantis, formerly Fiat Chrysler, could say to themselves, yeah, we're not gonna be union anymore, goodbye. We'll, we'll hire uh, from, from other places. I can't, I don't know how that works. Certainly, when you ask Sean Fain, who heads up the United Auto Workers, um, he's like, we should not be comparing the United Auto Workers to, and I'm quoting here, to how pitiful Tesla pays their workers and other companies pay their workers. Um. I don't know what Tesla pays. I have no way to comment on the concept of pitiful. But if you argue less, well, that is not an argument. Less is not pitiful. But wait, I found the numbers. The median worker at Tesla earned $34,000 in total compensation compared to 80000 at GM and 74006 at Ford. Stellantis, it's 68000 Now, the, according to the Wall Street Journal, this includes non-production level workers as well as employees located in other countries, which in the case of Tesla includes China, which could bring down tremendously a level of cost. This would actually bolster 
the union's argument, the UAW's argument in the eyes of Americans. Why in the world are we building things in China? This is what has to stop. And things, therefore, will be more expensive. It will be. We've said this before about T-shirts. You want cheap T-shirts? Okay, but that keeps China in business and we can't allow the Communist Chinese Party to be in business, so you're going to have to pay more for T-shirts. That's the trade-off. But we're already at a place where the cost of a new vehicle for a lot of people is nutty. It's nuts. It is, we look at these prices, we're like, how is this even possible? So you can argue that Tesla is not is not paying the way uh, that the big the, the the unions are paying, but you can also argue that the price of of those EVs has certainly come down. Tesla vehicles have come down. Will that be the case of the big three? This fight is nowhere near over. And part of this fight is about us. What is it that we're looking for? What is it that we want? What what is our threshold of a payment? And I don't think we've answered that question yet, to be honest. I don't think we've answered when is it just okay and when is it just too much? And I think that's what they're trying to kind of figure out in this whole conversation. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whenever I see your smiling face, I have to smile myself because I love you. Yes, I do. People are dropping Disney Plus and Hulu. I don't think it's about the woke. I think it's about the price hike. There comes a moment where you can't afford any more of these streaming services. Disney, when the CEO was Bob Chapek, who by every account was a disaster. He had set a target for Disney Plus. For somewhere between 215 and 245 million subscribers, by the end of fiscal year 2024. There are 330 million people in the United States. That's a pretty aggressive thought. He only missed it by 100 million. Disney finished quarter three with 146.1 million Disney Plus subscribers. That's very impressive. But you set a maybe an impossible bar. But I should note that these aren't just people in the United States. Maybe I should need to expand my horizons. Therefore, 240 million might be a very acceptable number, and 146 is disaster. No matter how you put it, Bob Chapek didn't understand the audience. Disney Plus has been hit with some issues worldwide. Like, for example, um, they don't they don't have cricket. And you're like, I'm sorry, Tony. Did you just say cricket? In India, cricket is everything. And they didn't get the streaming rights to cricket, so who needs Disney Plus? 
That's just one of the things going on. Disney increased the cost of ad-free Disney by 27%. It's now $14 a month. And ad-free Hulu is going to add $3 a month. There comes a moment where you can't afford it all. You make decisions. I'm not going to see such and such a show. I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to see the show or not. I'm not spending another $14 a month, $18 a month, $12 a month, $23 a month. I'm done. But with ABC, or I should say with Disney, there's something going on with ABC where there is a a rumor. I need to do the whole thing. All right, I'm sorry. I need to do the whole thing. I apologize. I just just found out that, yeah, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it all. There is a rumor. That Disney is going to sell ABC. They don't need that cost anymore. News is is super duper expensive. Um there's a possibility that Byron Allen's outfit wants to buy it. Byron Allen I mean, talk mogul. He just, he figured it out early, how to produce his own content, how to grow his own brand in in, in that content, not even make it about him. Byron Allen started off as a comic. Byron Allen started as a comic. He was a writer for Jimmy Walker. You know who else was a writer for Jimmy Walker? David Letterman. And then he did the show Real People, which I've only met one other person who even knew what that show was. And then he puts together, well, it's it's not even great programming. I think it's gotten better now. And through that and through his, that, that production company, he was able to buy the Weather Channel. He's been able to produce movies, and now he's making a bid possibly for ABC. It has the ABC people freaked out. I actually have exclusive audio of ABC learning that they might be purchased or sold, I should say, by Disney. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty much a mess o- o- over there. Um, Disney wants to be in the money making business, and part of what Disney is going to come to, and I think all these streaming services are going to come to, is maybe we did purchase too many shows. Maybe it's just too much. Maybe in a world where you can get anything everywhere all the time, what people want is a little more curation. Maybe this whole idea of playlists really does provide a value. People who are, are are trusted sources saying, hey, here's what I like. Hey, here's the shows I would watch. Maybe that has more value. Well, that's limiting. I'm not saying the other people can't be there. I'm just saying in terms of what people might watch and reasons they might watch it. But this is not, uh, you know, the only rumor that's going around. Here's another one. John Fetterman has a body double. John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania, there is a rumor that he is using a body double. You know that that uh, video of him where he's told that uh, in the halls of the Senate that an impeachment inquiry is now happening and he pretends to be so shocked 
Well, people noticed that in real life, uh, or in other photos, I should say, uh, Senator Fetterman has tattoos on his arm, and here he doesn't seem to have any tattoos. And then uh, there are photos of him, and they're doing side-by-sides of him. You know, when he first got uh, inaugurated, and they're like, that looks like a different guy. Uh, I am I'm in no way an expert. Nor do I believe it's a body double. I, I believe that he could look differently with a goatee versus, let's say, a mustache. What I think matters more is that the man is not well. And anybody who believes John Fetterman is well is out of their mind. John Fetterman doesn't know what's happening one moment to the next. John Fetterman couldn't answer a question on his own if his life depended on it. I ask you if this man right here is okay. Um, let me let me start with the most important matter facing our country at this dire moment, which is the matter of the Senate dress code, uh, which has recently been <laughs> recently been changed. Of course, of, of course, yes, yeah, no, of, of course. Um, I've heard about. I've heard that some people are upset about that, and the, the the right have been like losing their mind. You know, they're just like, oh my god, you know, dogs and cats are living together, and you know, like I said, aren't there more important things we should be talking about rather than if if I dress like a slob. Uh, yes, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said that Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators is to appease Fetterman is disgraceful. Dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for institutions. Stop lowering the bar. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on uh, in the, the, the meetings over in, in the Congress. So, again, uh, I, I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but, you know, she really takes it a different way. Um, well, that made perfect sense. And why do we care? Standards matter. But it didn't matter to the people of Pennsylvania and voting for you. Standards matter. And, yeah, the dress code matters. It matters. Of course it does. I argue that Lauren Boebert shouldn't be, you know, uh, groping somebody in a theater with children. Wrong place, wrong time. Doesn't make me (laughs) anti-groping. I'm not anti-hoodie. I am anti-hoodie in the Senate. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. What's going on, everybody? 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. Dow futures are up 16. NASDAQ futures are down three. We know that the United Auto Workers, they will continue the strike. And on Friday, if nothing is resolved, even more will go on strike. I mean, this is this is where we're at. And I don't see anything that's going to make that change. I think that this is exactly where they are because I don't see where 
the deal is going to come from. I am unsure where we will have the the moment of, okay, we've come to an understanding on these retirement benefits. That's my argument. I just don't, I just don't see where that, where that is at, at this moment. Then there's a story of Huawei and a new chip. So this is a communist controlled company, right? This is part of the CCP, Huawei. And uh, no one should be owning Huawei phones. They shouldn't be allowed in the United States, just like China should not be allowed to own businesses in the United States. Can't own property in the United States. We're talking about the Constitution here. That's for citizens. That isn't for communists. It's not. Never has been, never can be, never should be. But what Huawei has done in this uh, in this chip, um, they their chip will support 5G. The U.S. has worked to try and remove them from the equation, but they're not removing themselves from the equation. This is what is important. This is what has to be remembered. They're not interested in what you think. They're interested in what what they think, and they will do whatever they can to force you to think like they do. You can never, ever, ever, ever bring a communist to the table. So stop trying. Stop thinking that this is possible. It's impossible. Now you can go about approaching them properly. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal. There's nothing they won't do. Everything about them is about do what is what must be done in order to achieve a level of victory. And that includes lying. Just so we're clear, this thing about uh, Huawei chips, this is not surprising. Although if you read some of the articles, Washington is questioning how it was possible. How it was possible? They steal everything. They buy people off. How is it possible? The question is, how did it not happen sooner? Anybody who isn't on our side in the fight against China is somebody whom forever has to be not on our side. Punishments must come, and that right soon. Our problem is not what China is doing. Our problem is our inability to recognize what China is doing and act accordingly with other nations. Time for choosing indeed. Which side are you on? And we will remember, like the North, we will remember. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning.
They're heading to the United Nations today. President Biden is going to speak. I don't know. He doesn't speak at nine, does he? C-SPAN has it at nine, but that could just be when when the gathering begins. I can't imagine Biden's going to say something that's going to make me feel, oh, well, he's totally got it together. I I just can't uh, can't imagine such a a thing. I do know that when the UN gets together, usually there is something said that is radically anti-capitalism. And of course, I reject it all. I reject every last bit of it. I expect it to be the same here. I expect it to be the same. And I would actually be surprised if I didn't hear it. In the state of Indiana, we have the Attorney General Todd Rokita who is facing disciplinary charges. Now, I don't claim an expertise in the complaint. I, I, I claim that, in my view, Dr. Caitlin Bernard did indeed violate privacy by sharing the story about this 10-year-old who needed an abortion with those reporting on such stories and sharing such stories. They found where this girl was, and that's because she talked. I, I'm, I, tell me how I, I'm, I'm off base on at least that. We're not having a conversation of whether it should have been performed. We're not having a, a conversation about abortion legislation at all. Well, that, that's not the conversation right now. She told the story. And so now the uh, Indiana Supreme Court Disciplinary Commission filing a complaint against Todd Rokita, the Attorney General, claiming that Rokita violated standards of professional conduct in an interview with Jesse Waters on Fox News by referring to Dr. Bernard as an abortion activist acting as a doctor with a history of failure to report. See, the statement isn't the issue. It's that the state's investigation was not complete. Is that the issue? And there's another allegation relating to public statements. This happening before uh, the case had been referred to the Medical Licensing Board, violating, quote, the duty of confidentiality. Um, this is how it looks. Outsider looking in. What it looks like is that the Attorney General, Todd Rokita in this case, properly looked at the actions of Dr. Bernard. And because he did so, he must be punished in any and every way. There are people out there who hate uh, Todd Rokita for all sorts of reasons, and I don't actually care that they do. And I think that if your personal animus interferes with your ability to report or engage a conversation, you have no business being in TV or radio or anywhere else. None. You got to look at something objectively. 
I want to know whether or not from a, a somebody who covers these things, is this a serious issue that rarely happens or is this something in terms of opinion that is discussed often and has been by multiple attorneys general, but in this case, it's being used as a punishment, almost like a slap suit, a slap suit, a strategic lawsuit against public participation, a nuisance suit. It hits me as it's a nuisance suit. I claim no expertise in the subject. I know Democrats are, of course, crowing about it. Todd Rokita's actions towards Dr. Caitlin Bernard over the past year brought shame and ridicule upon our state. That from, uh, from the chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party, Mike Schmuel. Um, no, it, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Why don't you tell us again, because of Indiana abortion laws, we're losing out on, on business. Uh, just, just keep pushing the lies, man. What else you got? Or we can have an honest conversation. Nobody in the mass of America is actually talking about this story. This seems like a political retribution story. Now, I want to know from people who are within that world, is it a retribution story or is it something that we could see in previous uh, attorneys general administrations that the Indiana Supreme Court takes seriously? This commission, and by the way, I would like a, a follow-up. The Indiana Supreme Court Disciplinary Commission, how is that different than the Indiana Supreme Court? I will tell you full disclosure that um, I've gotten some emails and some some phone calls, and and uh, the the Rokita team did reach out. If you have any questions, uh, ask. I have not I have not reached out because I want to share this with you, but I will, and I'm more than willing to have uh, the the attorney general on the show, and we can break this down. I don't know if he will or or he won't. I have absolutely no idea. If there's, you know, these proceedings against him, he may not want to engage an interview to not have an issue there. That's up to him. I'm inviting him on the show to talk about these things. Rokita is using this office, says Mike Schmuel of the Democratic Party, to further his own personal political ambitions, and he tried to silence Dr. Bernard and other doctors, something this commission took issue with in the filing. Silence them. Aren't they supposed to engage confidentiality? Maybe they need to learn to be quiet. Why is it? Why is there no conversation here? I'm sorry. I don't think Dr. Bernard is a hero. We're not talking about the care given to a child in a horrific circumstance, which, oh, by the way, brings us into an illegal immigration conversation because how'd the girl get pregnant? And there's a whole story there that nobody wants to talk about. But we'll talk about it because we're the only honest brokers. Did she go to a reporter? Did she talk about it? What violation is there? Why not prosecute that? You're not angry because he said something on Fox. You're angry because he prosecuted. You're angry because he did his job. That's what it looks like. I'm willing to take in all the information.